Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Dugout Dudes, formerly the Dodger Dudes. I have uh, the co-host Brett Tomko, former Dodger here, and uh, his um, fantasy advisor and all-around baseball expert and the guy that kicks my fantasy baseball butt every year, his brother, Scott Tomko. So, guys... I'm a happy camper, man. 32 years, my Dodgers. Right? So what'd you guys think? That's what I, I think that's uh, my main question. in this is as a Dodger, we'll say super fan, like, how does this feel for you? Like, this is a big deal. It's, you know, watching it, watching every game for the last five, six years and the disappointments, like, how do yeah. you, I mean, I saw a video of you, what was it? Cannonballing off your, yeah. <laughs> your rock into the pool. So yeah. I'm assuming you were extremely happy or, for some reason you drank too much and you were hot and you needed to cool off. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I went to the store and I got, uh, <laughs> I got four bottles of champagne for the people who were coming over to watch, put them on ice. And, uh, uh, I was so excited, man. And you guys know, I was, I was probably as big of a Laker fan growing up as I was a Dodger fan. And over time, that's kind of uh, swapped roles where I have become more of a Dodger fan between my, my brother playing for him. And just, um, you know, one of the things that differed and you guys, uh, listeners, I've met my brother, Matt, between the three of uh, these guys, the, the Tomka brothers and, and, and Matt, I was never a huge baseball guy growing up. I became a baseball guy after high school, learning about it as I cheered for my brother, becoming a student of the game, finding out how complex of a game it really was. So that really drove my fandom to, and, and I went to the world series in the seventies, the Dodgers. So I've always been a Dodger fan. Awesome, awesome experience. So I'll give you one thing that that I just went, wow. Several things happened that made me think it was a team of destiny. Finally, of course, thought that in 17 too. Um, but there were, you know, when they came back from three games down, that was that was huge. And I would think it would hard to be lose that hard. It would be hard to lose after that. But I want to hear what you guys have to think about this. The single greatest play I have ever seen, I don't care how many times you practice it, was Muncie yelling step off. Kershaw having the wherewithal to step off, throw home, and within an inch of changing the World Series because it, it's more than practice, it's more than instinct, it's all of it happening together. What do you guys think? I just I couldn't believe what I saw. Well, I think I, I I think it's only the second or third time somebody's tried to steal home off of Kershaw, and. I've had that happen to me and I rolled my ankle. I was so like, <laughs> you, you become panicked. You hear people screaming. You don't know what's going on. I stepped off, twisted my ankle, trying to throw the ball to home. So it's, it's not something you practice a lot. I saw an interview with Kershaw and they made, they made kind of the suggestion. If it would have been a packed house at Dodger stadium, yeah, that <laughs> he wouldn't have heard it. And yeah. he wouldn't have probably stepped off and been in time to make that throw. So the fact that it was, you know, a COVID World Series and, and only 10, 11,000 people in the stands could have been the difference between them winning and losing the World Series. Yeah. What do you think, Scott? I just think it's uh, it, in that situation, it's so hard not to balk. Yeah. Like, and yeah. speed up because you can't speed up. You got to keep the same. If you speed up and don't step off, it's a balk. And I mean, I thought it was a, 
a high percentage play for him to try it. I mean, he barely got him. It had to be a perfect play. Margot was smart. And guys, let there be no doubt. Uh, Margot is a base dealer. I picked him up on my fantasy team. And believe me, he's a one-column guy in fantasy, but he's a base dealer. He That was a great play. You know what mistake I think he made? And you guys saw my brother do this in high school. Matt walked a third of the way down the line in the CIF championship. Margot took off too early. He should have kept walking three or four more steps. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he panics till you break. Yeah, we used to practice that so much in high school too, just for that, <laughs> for the steal home, even for that one chance. And it's it's more like you said, the, the walking down, because once he breaks is when they're going to tell him to step off. If you would have taken me, me a couple more steps. Over, it was done. I, th- I think you would have made it for sure. Well, Ker- Kershaw even said that like he has a thing with Muncie because he, he even said, because I do this weird, stupid thing over my head, you know, I have to tell Muncie, if you see something, you have to scream at me because I, I don't know what's going on. So it's something that they had talked about. Um, but who knew it would ever play out and play out maybe in one of the biggest situations, you know, of the year or, you know, Dodger history. A couple of things that stood out to me. Margot, from what I read, wasn't told to go. He was on his own. He made the decision. But the coach wasn't mad because, as you guys pointed out, it was a high percentage play. And by the way, the best pitcher of our generation's on the mound, and he's been standing there since there was no outs. And now there's two strikes and two outs. And Margot's going, there's no way this inning's going to end and I'm not going to score. So, hey, guys, tell me, as as, uh, guys who are just huge baseball fans, if not Dodger fans, what was the one moment in the playoffs of the World Series that you guys just loved uh, in the Dodgers run? I think I think the thing that changed it all was uh, Kiki Hernandez's home run. Oh, I think that home run right there, if that doesn't happen, the Dodgers don't win the World Series. I mean, and By the way, he said to himself on the way up to the plate, because he's a free agent, this could be my last at bat as a Dodger, make it count. Pretty cool Yeah, story. because if that home run doesn't happen and he doesn't hit that, that game's done. So yeah. I think if you look back on the 2020 world series and there are so many things, I mean, you can, I mean, you can spew them out. Bellinger, Robin Tatis, Betts making the plays that he made in right field, Robin, yeah. the home run. There's so many plays that you can really pick out and go, gosh, that could have changed the course of, of the world series. But to me, the Hernandez home run, if he doesn't hit that, the Dodgers lose that game seven and they're done. Yeah. I don't even think it for me. I don't even think it was one thing. I just think it's uh, was bets playing like anti-analytic baseball, stealing bases, you know, his extensions, getting scoring the run, manufacturing runs. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Like let's talk about bets. Was he the difference in them winning the world series this year? And it really seemed like he struggled in the world series till games till the last game. Like he he was, I mean, let's talk about playoff, like not just the world series, but the playoffs. Is he the difference in, the last couple of years and this year to put them over the top. Cause it's a team effort and there's so much more. It's not just one guys, but was he the guy that put them over the top to get them to the championship this year? I think that's a safe bet and not just physically, but mentally, obviously he came in and he goes, look guys, you I've been to the mountaintop and you've been within feet of it. And there's a few things that I'm just going to say that, that we did that made a difference. And, and that, that takes balls for a brand new guy to walk into the best club in baseball and say that, but that's who he is. That's why they went and got him. I think absolutely. And you could argue, you know, that the, there's other guys on the team. There were times of the year where, where he may not have been the best player on the team physically because Bellinger and Muncie or somebody else was getting hot. But this team's so gifted. But I definitely think he came in and, and overnight became, you know, the other leader along really with, you know, what I would say is, is Justin Turner and Kershaw were traditionally kind of the unofficial captains. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, no doubt. 
I think you become the leader when you sign a 12 year deal yeah. or whatever, like you become the leader for the next decade. So I don't think there's like a, a grace period of, of, of letting the other guy, you become the guy. I, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, Scott, but I think he, he definitely not seeing him play that much, you know, being in Boston, you just don't see that many Boston games, but seeing him through this playoffs, you know, I, I think, you know, I became a Mookie Betts fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's, he's exciting. And I think he, I just knew the stats of him basically for fantasy. Yeah. But watching him play every day, like he manufactured, he, he's the missing piece for the Dodgers. I feel because he man, he can manufacture a run without even getting a hit. Like he did it. He, you know, oh, the, whole, the, the, the anticipation, the anticipation of him going home on the ground balls. The first, he did it twice. Like yeah, how many, game play, yeah. how many base running errors were there in the playoffs total? Like just stupid yeah. plays. And he's getting his extension. He even talked about it after the game on MLB network saying yeah. he's always just getting a good extension and breaking on the ball. I mean, he basically earned all 300 million plus dollars just in that world series, winning in the world series. Like I, he's already, he's joy. already, I mean, paid I for, for joy because they're in, to, but it's like, what was he supposed to do? If he wouldn't have thrown the ball home, everybody would have been on his case, but he had no chance to get Mookie whatsoever. Well, the funny thing is I think as being like a little league coach and being in that world, like, you know, I told my kid, like, if you're going to watch one player and I'm a huge trout fan, I've said that if you're going to watch a player, like watch him, be like him. Cause like, from what I know and, and how hard he works, it's not just what he's doing during the games. It's, you know, he's taking extra ground balls. He's throwing the bases in the outfield stuff. You just take for granted and think, you know, I just, I just signed a contract for over $300 million. Why am I, you know, throwing from right field to third base and working on that stuff? It's like, uh, I think that's what the difference is with him as guys see that, like, here you go. Here's, here's, you know, one of the biggest contracts of all time. And this guy's out there, you know, pre batting practice, taking, you know, fly balls and ground balls and throwing the bases where, you know, you, you can't help but, you know, not just leading by talking, but leading by example. And he's in the dugout in the other guy's ears way more than I've seen. It's almost like a culture you see in the Dodger dugout now where they're comparing notes after every at bat, whether it was a good one or a bad one, which I hadn't seen a lot of prior to this year. Hey, let me ask you guys another question. Uh, again, Brett, because you're in that mode. And I know, Scott, you, you work with them down there with the kids too, coaching not just being a player, but coaching, were you just waiting for one of the teams to try to drop the bunt down the third baseline? Cause I, I was, I mean, even Bellinger, I mean, it's like the shift, like why isn't somebody bunting just to get on, especially in those games where no, we had a couple of games where there were no hits through four innings, like either way or something. I don't understand. I, I'll never understand that. Like, yeah. especially in a one run game, there's no one on that side. You All you have to do is make bun it anywhere. And you're yeah. on base and they just try to hit it through the shift every time they, yeah. do, they never have, try. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I'm never going to understand that. You know, I do have to say this postseason, I think is the most I've seen in the last few years where guys, I know Will Smith did it once or twice where guys shot that, that four hole yeah. and, and where the second baseman wasn't, and there was a huge opening and basically, you know, gave them not gave themselves up, but cut their swing down and just punched it to second base. And it was an automatic base hit. I think I saw that two or three times, which I had never seen in the last five years. So, you know, I was, I was doing radio down here for uh, San Diego and they asked me a question about analytics and stuff. And I, I said, I think there'll be a point where it'll start coming back a little bit to the old school baseball and, and more of a gut thing. It'll always be very analytical because the numbers, you know, we, Scott and I have talked about this at length, like over a, a 162 game series, the numbers are pretty consistent. Like the numbers are usually going to win out, but when you go to a short 
series or a one game, you can almost throw those analytics out the door. We'll, we'll talk about the whole Snell thing in a little bit, but that's a perfect, you know, case in point of analytics over going with your gut. I heard Fred Rogan, a local Los Angeles TV anchor today say, you can't be married to the, to analytics. You, you, you need to be seeing other people. <laughs> but he also, <laughs> you know, and, and he also goes, can't you always argue with analytics that, well, apparently you were looking at the wrong analytics because, you know, and, and I, you look at that, what Snell was doing that day and I've heard the argument and it makes sense. Cause I watch every Dodger game and I know like, Hey, the, the Rays had done that all year. Nobody had seen a third time through the, but okay. How about these analytics? Mookie Betts, the MVP 0 for six with five punch outs. <laughs> doesn't that mean something, you know? So well, I listen for the Rays manager. Listen, let's, let's, let's talk about game one first. Get, Dodgers come out there and they just, they crush. come out firing, right? And everybody they come thinks they're going to sweep. The radio that's what I was gonna, that was going to be my, that was going to be my, that's exactly, I have that down on my little sheet. You as a fan, you have to think, oh, Dodgers in four. They came out there, they're on fire. This I is never over. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? So you guys, Brett, you know this because you, you've done it with us sometimes too, is, is you guys, the alumni, once in a while you get lucky and you say, hey, can I buy some tickets through the team? They get you some tickets at face value and you feel like you get the steal of the deal. So my brother was able to um, get tickets and I said, hey, I want to go to game six. And he goes, why? That's like a Tuesday. And I'm all, I want to be there when they win it. I told him that before game one. You know what I mean? And he's like, no, I'm going Saturday. We're going to sweep. I'm going to go Saturday night. And so he ended up and they, they this year they said, look, there's only 10,000 seats per uh, per game and we can only get one game. So pick one. So he took Saturday. I said, oh, I'll sit this one out. I'll watch from my backyard, but turns out, man, all along, I had it right. On. Come on. Those pitchers are so good for Tampa Bay. You're not going to sweep those guys. Well, well game, and like I said, game two, game two, they come out there, the Rays win it. Now it's tied going to game three Dodgers win that you think, Oh, I told you. Yeah, they're, they're in it. They're, they're winning in five. And then game four, I think game four was the big game where I think all Dodger fans took that, big gasp of like, ah, oh, here we go again. And like, all little league coaches good. had flashbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> just yeah, that's true. But, you know, I think it comes down to here we go. You know, there was a lot of things that happened. It was, it was the Snell game where Snell had pitched great. They took him out and it worked out, right? They got out of that inning and they went back and forth. And then Jansen comes in and, you know, the games, I don't want to say the game's blown, but the Dodgers lose. And then basically all hell breaks loose. You know, it's the criticism of Jansen. It's the criticism of Roberts, you know, making boneheads. And Scott knows, I don't, I don't comment on Facebook very often, but our friend, our yeah. friend out in Arizona, um, yeah. who I don't, yeah. I don't, I will say, we'll say his name, Barney makes a comment and like it fired me up because, you know, it, it I think, I think there's a lot that goes on in those games and, and, you know, saying that Roberts is a puppet and a yes man. And you well, they know, were saying that when they were down three, one to Atlanta too, by yeah, the way. And, and, you know, all the front offices making the moves and like, takes a lot for me to just jump in and like, give my opinion. But I finally was like, I can't take this. I got to say something, but you know, I think the criticism, you know, there's a lot that happened in that last inning should have Jansen been in the game should have Gratterall. What do you think, Josh? As a fan, gradual. You know, I already know what Josh thinks. I know, but I, I got to throw it out there. <laughs> so, like, look, and here's the deal. Uh, Gratter only pitched seven pitches or six pitches, I think, the inning before. He was on fire, but the Dodgers have a formula. And and for, you know, I don't want to lose any of our listeners, whether there's 100 or 1,000. Um, 
whether or not you know this, and I've, I've experienced it and learned it from listening to Brett and having the opportunity to talk to Doc, Dave Roberts would not have been fired this year, no matter what happened in the World Series, okay? He is part of their team. They have a formula. You know, he's more disappointed than anybody when stuff like that happens. And you can see it because he's not a show my players up guy. And there were a couple moments in the dugout that he'd probably like that back because his emotion got the best of him, right? Um, here's the answer to the question. Uh, it worked out, okay? Um, next year, I think Gratterall is the setup guy and Trinan is our closer. And Trinan is an experienced and proven closer. If I'm wrong and it's Gratterall, that's great. I think probably the biggest challenge of the offseason, and it's not that hard. You sit down with Kenley and you give him a hug and you give him a ring and go, dude, we did it, man. Thank you. You're a huge Which player. I think I think he's already, I would imagine, yeah, have accepted there. that. Like he's he, there. he has to know that already. So he's either a setup mentor guy or for one more year of his contract, or you call Jeter and say, Hey man, um, you know, we're going to pay, you know, 10 of the 15 million this year. And uh, you know, you get the mentor because that's what he wants or what, that's what we think's best. I mean, it's one of those two things. And I'm not, I don't know that's Jeter, but I always think of the guys from the Caribbean, you know, send them down. There's two teams in Florida that they love right. to play for. <laughs> they need to have that's one true. or two of those guys. So that's my thought. I don't want to question. And you know, Brett, I, I don't question I, I don't question Dave publicly because I know that he's doing what he thinks is best and loves the team, but I, uh, I didn't want to see Kenley at all. Um, but I do think, and a lot of people won't like this either. Kenley was coming in that last game. I have no doubt about it. He was coming in. If we got into that situation, I think he had no chance of getting in that game. See, It was funny on the radio. People were going back and forth and the beat writers in, in Dallas were like, the the the, I, the only reason the only way he gets in there is it's like the 15th, 16th. Yeah. yeah we go, we go 10 or 11. We still had, yeah, he, he was. Because I think, I think with that game, I think the game that he came in to close, he had pitched great the night before. And Except I think for the home I run think, he gave up to. Yeah, uh, I, but, but in his last, in his last four outings, he had given up that solo home run. So I yeah. think, I think as when you look at it and you go, wow, his velocity up, his cutters cutting, Jansen's back. So you get in the situation of the very next night. And I think this is where, the hiccup was is he hadn't pitched for like 10 days. So yeah. I know as a pitcher, when you haven't pitched in 10 days, your arm feels like, especially in the playoffs and, and the big state, like your arm feels amazing. And yeah. you have that extra life. And he did. Then you, co he had that then you come back the next day. It's not quite the same. And you could see it wasn't the, quite the same. He missed every single spot. He still had a chance to get out of that game. So he still had a very good chance of, of finishing that game. You know, things happen. He sawed a guy off and flared it into, yeah. into, I think the mistake Jansen made in that game. And no one has talked about, you know, when a Rosarina was up, who's basically like the best hitter of all yeah, time. <laughs> um, he, he got him in a situation. He had a, he had a chance to put him away. He was throwing cutters away. He wasn't hitting them very good. And yeah. then he did like the thing that we're taught as pitchers never to do three, two is go to like your third or fourth best pitch. Yeah. And he spikes a curveball like five feet in front of the plate. Yeah. Like take your chances with a fastball away or a cutter away with your first and second best pitch and see what happens. That's where he got into trouble. That's where I'm like, that was the mistake. And then, I mean, he still made a good, good pitch that saw the guy off that he got that little yeah. floater, which wasn't, you know, it just happens, but he had a chance to get out of that. And then there would have been no criticism. They got their Luis Gonzalez moment. It's funny. How <laughs> right. And how about, how about the moment for him? For, oh, I was so happy. I told people that like, you gotta be crushing them all. I'm actually, yeah, of course I am, but there's, we, are, we just gotta win one more. 
But how about that kid? He wasn't even on the He ALCS couldn't even roster. talk. Like, he almost <laughs> passed out when he was talking. Like, <laughs> he, he was looked like, like he was going to yeah. pass out. He couldn't, like, great. gather himself. Well, so, like, he hadn't had a hit in, like, two months or something? Yeah. Something, something like that. Something like, crazy. Like, <laughs> so, just... I was happy. And, and, you know, you you came up with guys like that that, you know, you're so happy for him because that's – well, I don't want to say that's all he'll ever get. Anybody would take that, but right. that might be the entirety of his career. It might be two or three years in the big leagues, not ever being a starting player, you know? So I'm excited. And to answer your last question, I think the only way Kenley would have came in uh, again is if we were up by four or five runs, uh, he'd come in for the last out or two so he could be on the mound. And um, nobody, everybody still would have screamed at their TV. So Right. So now we go to game five. We go to game five, Clayton Kershaw on the mound. Um and, you know, if you look at the postseason for Kershaw, I mean, any naysayers or doubters or basically all the people in L.A. that said, get rid of Kershaw the year, the last two years, like couldn't stand him. Now they're like, Kershaw is the greatest of all time. Like, they, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's the way the game works and the way the fans work. But like for him to go out, pitch 30 and two third innings, 37 punch outs, 2.9 ERA. I mean, that cements him uh, for me as no one can ever say anything about his, his postseason again. I got to tell you guys, I feel like, you know, the last few years, the Dodgers gotten so close. I needed like several months off from my brain from baseball. And I think that's why we did. We ended up last off season, not doing the show for months. So like, so I I text Josh, like, Hey, what do you think about doing a show? He's like, ah, my brain. Josh was in Dodger rehab for like a month. (laughs) Here's what I was going to say, man. I think the Dodgers are going to win two of the next three world series. They're well next year. They are so set up with the same players, if they sign Trinan and Turner, um, they have everybody back. The core of their team's under contract for several years. It's crazy. And, and all very young. Yeah, and I'm excited. And, and you know what? Nobody can say the Dodgers went and bought a World Series because other than Mookie, almost all of their position players came up through the system or have been here. Justin Turner. Or, or they were – I hate, I hate the word – I hate the word retread, but because that got thrown on me a few times. But yeah, there are guys like Turner that you know just got released and got designated and kind of just hey, let's sign him on a whim. And then turns out that that he figures it out, however he figured it out. When you go position by position, the only guy that's not going to be back is probably Kike. And look, guys, everybody goes, oh no, why not Kike? I love Kike, but you can only pay so many guys. And guess what? This year was like the third of the last four years where Kike was named the starting second baseman to start the year. And within three weeks, he lost his job. And I can tell you, cause I'm a fantasy player. He's like the MVP of fantasy baseball, the first three games of the year. And then he goes to bat two ten again. It happens every year. Some guys are set. Some guys are set up not to be like the everyday guys. Yeah. Guys and he's a gamer. I love the, Kike. Len- the Lenny Harris's of the world, the Mark Sweeney's of the world. Like they're, they, they're, they're built and they're set up to be that guy off the bench that can fill in and, and get yeah. a big pinch hit when you need it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Guys make a, a good amount of money doing that. So I, I think, I think you may be right. He may, unless he just loves LA that much and is, is, well, you got to get paid. I mean, Brett, speak to that. I mean, yeah. you, you've got to get, if you, this, he's at the age right now where he has to go get that one contract that secures him for life. Right. And he, he's yeah. not going to get that out of LA. I just don't No, see. No, And no. I, you can't blame any guy for wanting to go take care of his family. No. I'm, I'm all about that, but you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think you're right though. Training is the closer if they re-sign him because I just don't see Gat- Gratterall, even though he throws an easy 102. It's all sinkers. <laughs> like he doesn't strike anybody out. So There's I think that's too much Jose Mesa in him, dude. Yeah, I think when you're talking about a, a frontline closer, you need swing and miss guys, and I, I don't think that's the guy. So I think it's imperative that they go out and and, and re-sign training. 
um, like you said, to maybe be the back end. It's like a, a wetland Rivera. And, you know, when the Yankees used to have like the two best closer, or you know, bullpen guys, I feel like uh, Gratterall and Trinan can be that for a year or two. And it can be a mentorship if Gratterall is going to evolve into uh, a closer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm and, and guys, if Urias pitches like that, I mean, uh, Kershaw gets to uh, defer himself to the third best pitcher on the base on the Dodgers <laughs> right. next year. Right. So, so let's still, talk, I still so, say they need one more starting pitcher. Yeah. yeah May and Gonsolin did not pitch great in the World mm-hmm. Series. Yeah, and that's I think. Well, let's let's get into Game Six because that kind of all plays into it. Here you go, Game Six. You got Snell on the mound, and we'll fast forward because he was, you know, striking out every single person. He gets into that fifth inning, and then Cash takes him out. So hold on, it wasn't even close. He was making them look silly. I mean, it was like the Dodgers. You could they were showing him in the dugout, frustrated. Through four innings, he had nine punch outs, like which like is almost. Like we used to say Nintendo baseball, like he had Nintendo type stuff, video game stuff, and it wasn't even close. So you get into that fifth inning, gives up a hit, one hit. And then, you know, Kevin Cash, who's a buddy of mine, comes out of the dugout. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe he's taking him out right now. And I think that's that was the thought of every single person watching that game. Obviously, Kevin came out and said, you know, he thought it was the the right call at the right time. And if it worked out, you know, it would, he'd look great, but, and I, and I like the way Kevin handled it. He kind of, he didn't make excuses. He kind of just said, Hey, I thought that was the best move to make. And I did it and it didn't work out. But I mean, if you throw all the analytics out the door, cause I know Scott knew a little bit more about the analytics, like Snell after the fifth inning or after 75 pitches, like his numbers went crazy up third time through the lineup. So if you look at the analytics, it says take him out. But if you look at his stuff and what he's doing, it's like, how could you take this guy out right now? Scott, you got some analytics that you want to share with us on that? Well, I just know that like when, after he threw 75 pitches or more, like it just, the stats were crazy, like for the offensive players. And I was also looking, he had never thrown more than five and two thirds innings the whole season. So I don't know if it was a combination of, the analytics and the fact that he was coming off Tommy John, that it was just something that they said, you know, they didn't want those, those stressful pitches on him, but I don't know, game six, I figured you have all, all off season to figure it out. And, and, and he probably would have said, throw me 150 pitches. I'm in it. I was like, saying that if I was cash, I hear I look and Brett, I know that you're the player. So you have a different, different perspective. Uh, I remember when um, the nationals, I brought this up before, didn't let uh, what's his name their star pitcher pitch in the playoffs seven or eight years Strasburg. ago because yeah because they don't yeah. pitch count well this is absurd like you, most guys never get one ring like I can't even believe the player let him do it even though his agent was the one behind it supposedly like I firmly believe I don't care if that guy if it's Mookie and I get him for nine more years I'll give him the hundred twenty million for getting me the one ring the first ring right <laughs> even if it's it hurt and has to take a couple years yeah, off you're um, all right <laughs> I, I I'm just like. I, so, yeah, I don't, I, um, yeah, I just, the whole thing blows me away. And, you know, the, I get the sabermetrics thing. I get the cash and Scott, I think if you did a little more research, you'd probably find he didn't face the third time through all year. That's why it wasn't no, so much painting and all that. But I, I kind of feel like, man, Mookie was, you know, five strikeouts and six at bats. Uh, well, the first guy, three hitters in the lineup were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. He's yeah. in the zone. He's totally in the like, zone. Let's go. They just did him a, they did a favor. They did him a favor because I know it's like a hitter. If someone was shoving it up my ass, I would yeah. be like, they come out of the game. It's just like, thank you. Okay. And on that point, within 90 seconds, 
of the reliever throwing the first pitch the Dodgers were winning. It was like it yeah. happened so fast that you're like, Whoa. well, I think I think as a player, I think the Dodgers had to have been like as they were taking them out, like, thank God, yeah, now we have a chance. Absolutely. And the whole demeanor of the dugout, the whole momentum, you, you talk about and we've talked about this multiple times, like momentum is a huge thing. Momentum going into a series and momentum going into a game can change everything. So you talk about momentum of a, of a pitcher getting taken out where you go, let's, Hey, it's time to hit. We got you know, like, let, let, let's go. And they did. I mean, Mookie comes up there and boom, double down the line. Yeah. And before you know it, they're winning the game. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, you talk about the, I talked about the Hernandez home run, but that moment right there, snow getting taken out, that's it. There's two things that I think are going to take a few years for people to realize the, I don't know if magnitude is the right word, but like, and I don't even want to talk about the other one much. And I appreciated the radio guys in LA the other day that said, Hey, we'll talk about Justin Turner for a few minutes, but then we're going to um, talk about all the wonderful things that happened to the Dodgers this year. And I thought that was appropriate. I, I People keep asking me about JT and come back on the field because of COVID. And I go, you know what? We may look back at that in two or three years and go, what a, what a farce the whole thing was. We might not. We might just, you know, people are, here's, here's my, my 10 seconds on it, okay? Everything I've seen, it's right along political lines. All the people that, you know, are voting liberal and say you should wear a mask are saying shame on him. And all the people that think it's all a farce are saying it doesn't matter. I don't want to get into it. It's not the point. You know what I mean? It, it was the most sad thing that could happen to a team leader. And, and I'll, do you guys remember... Uh, and um, one of the players, Stripling, told us this, Brett. He said, after one of the Astros reopened the wound in spring training, we in the locker room nominated JT to go give our speech, and he did, and he put it to rest. And what he said was, we don't want them to redact that World Series and give it to us. We want to celebrate on the field with our teammates. Yeah, and I, th I think I, Scott and I, we talked about it a little bit. You know, he had been exposed – for for the last few days all in the clubhouse that day yeah. in the dugout he's sitting right next to like whispering in, in people's faces like yeah. i mean and i don't know I, I i tried to reach out to dave to just to see if anyone else has has tested positive or how dave was feeling because you know dave and i text a little bit right after the world series like he was going he was coming home and they were going to quarantine they were going to isolate because yeah. they just didn't know what was going on because they were all exposed to him but you look at that and and you know my stance on the whole COVID thing, it's a serious thing and we got to all be careful, but maybe they just thought we've been exposed for two days. What's yeah. 10 more minutes. Let the guy situation. come out, take a picture, you know, be with his team. Turner was even getting criticism for kissing his wife on the field. Yeah, and I'm thinking like kissing his wife. I mean, they're in bed together. Yeah. Like what was the matter if they give I'm a smooch sure. on the, on the, yeah. on the mound with the trophy? Like it, it's a crazy situation. And I'm sure I mean, MLB is going to research it. They're going to um, investigate it. If he gets fined, he gets fined. He'll take it like a man. But I think it's hard to say, like, you know, if he wanted to come out there, just get a picture with a trophy on the field, it's hard to say no to that. Yeah. The major criticism that I've heard is that it wasn't the players. It was the other people on the field, yeah. like the media and the kids that people are all up in arms about that. The, I mean, the team, if it would have just been the team out there, then no one would probably would have said anything. The team makes their own decision, but it was like all the other well, people, the major yeah, he's taking a picture. He's taking the picture. Stuff. He's taking the picture right next to Dave Roberts, who's a cancer survivor. That's a, okay, a high well, risk. Yeah. Let's know? do what we used to do though, Brett. Let's put Brett on the mound for a second here. And I'm not even talking <laughs> about game six of the world series. Okay. I'm just talking about in any game, 
was it appropriate for major league baseball to get test results during a game? I mean, shouldn't you just nonchalantly say to the lab, hand me that envelope when the game's over. I mean, it just seems like that didn't matter. I know it's, it's urgent. There was a false negative. I just feel like really we're not scientists. So Scott, somebody wants my, to- my, my, my question <laughs> is, you can't play because this paper says you that just happened positive. with foot. That just happened with football today. There, uh, Marlon Humphreys for the Ravens tested positive and he played the whole game yeah. with it. Like he t- they tested him Sunday morning and they didn't give him the results until today. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, I don't know. It, I mean, you just have to be consistent, I would say, but I mean, it was, I, I mean, that's the, the question I have with major league baseball. Why is it the middle of the game? Why are the results coming in the middle of the game and not beforehand? Like, yeah. it makes yeah, no well, sense. Well, Scott, Scott and I golf with a buddy of ours that, that is in a little bit of the know of major league baseball stuff too. And we were asking him questions and uh, he was saying major league baseball, they built their own facility. So the fact that they have their own facility, like in Utah, they send it there. They didn't have a local facility to do the testing. <laughs> so they had to rush it and they, and major league baseball charges outside um, companies, you know, to use their facility also. So they're making money on this whole COVID testing, huh. but it, 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 yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. I, unless they're doing that for every, every team, if, a, if, if that was the protocol of, Hey, if we get a test result during the game and we have to, we have to pull a guy from the team. I don't know if that was a protocol that's always been there the whole year. I think that's, I think that's the question if it was like that the whole year, if that would have happened, then yeah, then it, then that's the rules. But, I'm kind of a rules the, guy. But what's the point though, if you pull him during the game when he's played the whole game? <laughs> Sorry to I don't know. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, I agree. I agree. Like he's been out there the whole time. Like just yeah. why not wait to after the game or the next day and go, hey, like. And, and my whole thing there. is because he played seven innings. <laughs> like what difference does it make two more innings? Like, like he's I'm already like, exposed it's, every person out there. And plus, if I'm on the field and he comes out there, I'm just not going by him. I'll just be like, JT, good job. Like yeah. from like a good 20 feet. Fist bump. Right. Fist I'm okay bump. with that. I, I didn't, you know, I, somebody with COVID exposing themselves. Yeah. Like in, in the typical situation. Yeah. It's a horrible thing, but so, like he had been exposed. Like, so this weekend was Halloween. I promised we wouldn't spend too much time on this. And I always <laughs> yeah, go but as it's, a Dodger. But it's a big, it's a big topic. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a relative topic. So I always just throw my Dodger jersey on and my hat and carry a bat or, or something. My wife says it's my lazy Halloween costume, but you know, that's what I do. And so she goes, you got to do something more this year. I said, okay, I'm going to get a red beard and a mask and I'm going to be, JT the Dodger and then she goes that's a great idea let's do it and I said nope not gonna do it she said why I said I feel guilty I don't want to make it look like I'm making fun of the situation the guy she's won the world series hey you know what I, I think I liked most about the series guys in the playoffs all the guys contributed and, and Belly had his moment in the NLCS you know Kike had his moment Chris Taylor was playing great early in the playoffs and and uh man Mookie had so many moments Muncie like he had a, a couple home runs. I don't think his home runs really were his contribution so much. They didn't seem to come at like the most pivotal, pivotal times, but he did have one Muncie moment where he just dropped the bat and watch, which was great, but he had like a little lean, you soft, big hit. You know, he had a couple big hits. Austin Barnes, huge contribution. Will Smith, huge. It's like well, he, Corey Seager was the MVP. We haven't even mentioned well, it. I was going to say that <laughs> the big thing too is Seager was hurt last year. For yeah. the world Se- or the last time they were in the world series so like having him out there i mean what a difference he made it was everybody i mean even i thought pollock had uh was doing really well going into the playoffs and even though he didn't play a lot he had some really good at bats that that ended up uh, playing a role in, in getting a run somehow or another and i was just really happy for 
for everybody. I didn't feel like there was really, I mean, anybody who kind of quote unquote, let the team down. Kenley even did get, you know, a save one day. I did notice, and you know, I'm huge fans that, that May and Gonsolin both phase. Actually, I don't think Gonsolin did that bad. I think, you know, he had a, a short uh, leash, but May just really went cold, uh, except for, I think, his last appearance. Well, listen, let, let's bring up that May thing for just a sec, and we'll finish up, you know, game six. May goes out there, and, and Dave puts him in, a, like, a high-pressure situation, mm-hmm. like where you could say, why is he running this kid back out here? He just yeah. got hit hard, and he goes out there, shoves one inning, shoves sec- the second inning, and yeah. then takes him out, which – you know, and I could hear the people being like, why not leave him in? He just went out there for yeah. two innings. <laughs> the same and, you know, and it, the thing was, is like the criticism for Dave, like I felt like he pushed every button he needed to push, especially yeah. in game six. And I think the easiest call he had to make the entire post, maybe of the last five years was Urias. <laughs> yeah, was like, <laughs> I'm putting Urias in. Here we go. Especially that last inning. Are they going to go? Alex Wood, four scoreless innings in the World Series. I right. Mean, I mean, that was a huge. Kelly didn't even see the field. No, did like, he even play in the World Series? I don't. I didn't. I don't remember seeing him throw at all. He only had like three innings the whole postseason. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like I popped up a little bit in one of the games. Yeah, I think he. But I feel like you, you can't say he didn't push every single right button in that game six to, to make it happen. So, I mean, Urias, like it was the coming out party for him. Yeah. He was, he was so great. Um, even some non-traditional baseball fans that were watching with me were like, man, this guy is so good. What's his name? Hey, how about just to go back to the Dodgers growing a championship team, you know, two of their three big signings, Joe Kelly and Pollock, they're role players. I mean, it really, you know what I mean? Barely even contributed or I shouldn't say contributed, but barely even played, you know, Mookie being the other one, but that just goes to show you, man, their formula is, is really working. I'm, I'm really excited for the next two years. Cause our young core um, is, is they're all coming back. We, I don't think JT's going anywhere. If, if you want to talk about free agents real quick, JT's a local guy, grew up here, very involved in the community, got his big contract, um, my guess would be if he's not a Dodger, he'll be an angel. I don't think he wants to leave Southern California. Um, and I can't well, where's see he, he's, They just signed uh, Rendon, like JT, unless JT plays like second. He can play anywhere. I mean, that guy's such a great utility player. He's awesome at third base, but they keep talking about moving him to first or second. So I, I would say it's 90% that JT and his agent call the Dodgers and say, keep it quiet, get it done. I want three years, but if it's two plus an option, I'll take it something along those lines, because you know this, Brett, um, it's not even about the half a million bucks you make for winning the World Series just as a playoff bonus. It's about being a part of, of a team that's got a chance every year. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. I could see Turner just for the fact of he resurrected his career in L.A. Like, I, I could see him wanting to, you know, finish his career as a Dodger as much as he can. I know it's not always possible, but, yeah, if you've made your money and, you, you know, he signed a big contract – yeah, you're going to take a, a hometown discount just to I'll do it. And, go. and it's not that he's not even productful. He's still super productful. So it's not like they're they're just kind of, here you go, hit right off into the sunset. He's, you know, he the puts, it, of this generation puts it down. He'll be a coach and, a, you know, he'll probably end up coaching for the Dodgers. He's, he's really associated with the Dodgers. I think point. Josh hit it right, though. It's just, I think it depends on if he'll take like a two-year deal. Yeah. Because they need, to, they need to watch like the contracts because they're going to have to pay – uh, Ballinger, all those other guys in two years. So they're not going to sign him for over 
maybe like you said with a third year option the most laughable headline of the last two days was uh what's his name stan decides to uh, to to opt into his 218 million dollars right? yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh wow oh wow thank you i was right? holding my breath on that one for a guy who played like but 20 if combined games what, the last two years dude, free agency this year is going to be it's going to be a battle because yeah. there's been some great guys like brad hand he was only going to make 10 million last year and he's like one of the top relievers, they just yeah. waved him. They didn't pick up the option, and yeah. he was a steal. Like it's going to be the market is going to be, I don't know. There's going to be some late signings. Well, even though we're Dodger show here, we probably on every other show say we hope the Angels sign some of those top pitchers. I'd love to see the Angels <laughs> get Bauer. You're 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 fiending for the Angels just to be competitive. I want to be able to go watch you a ball game I mean? ten minutes from home that that's meaningful after the first two weeks of the season, <laughs> man. <laughs> Would be nice. What about what do you guys think about uh, Josh? This might strike a. Uh, bad nerve with you uh, with Hinch getting the job in Detroit. Uh, I'm okay with it actually. I, I, um, cause they're I, in the American league and they're not very good. No, I feel like <laughs> truth be told, man, Hinch is accountable because he was the manager and he, from the get go said, I found out about it and I should have put it to bed and I didn't, and it's my fault and they should have fired me and I'm out. And I, he's, he's done what here's what people forget about America. If you're remorseful, do you guys remember that Andy Pettit was on the Giambi? Giambi. Andy Scott Pettit and I talk about steroid the... list. <laughs> yeah. Andy Pettit came out and said, "Laps in judgment. I'm sorry. I should have never done it. I apologize." And most people would never tell you he was on the Mitchell Report. That's like what Turner. All he's got to do is say, "I screwed up." Yeah. And everyone will just be go, oh, "What can you say? Like, yeah. you can't. All you can hey, say is, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me, up let me give mistake. you let, let me give you a fun fact about Andy Pettit. So I'm pitching against him. Uh, he's in Houston. And he, he's battling me. And we go to a 3-2 count. And I throw him a 3-2 slider down and in. He checks his swing. And he pops his elbow. Oh, blew man. out his flexor tendon. Had surgery. That's when he started doing the HGH. To your fault. From that. Oh, so my it's my gosh. fault. It's, it's my fault. And I didn't even realize that. I'm with the Yankees in spring training. He's like, hey, Brett. He's like, hey, remember when you threw me that 3-2 cutter that I check swinged at? He's like, that's when I started doing the HGH, so it's it's partially your fault. <laughs> so Houston was National League at the time still? They were still in the National League? Yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't even realize that. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. He's like, why are you throwing me a 3-2 cutter? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I hit that punch out. They were talking about Cora. Cora uh, Boston. Yeah, right back I think to he's Boston. Gonna, I think he's going to be the Boston manager. I, why wouldn't Why wouldn't you? I mean, Boston kind of actually did the right thing by just firing him as soon as it broke, you know? And I think they did the right thing, too, and I think that's their plan. I think they're letting people talk about it for a week or two to see, make sure it's okay. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Boston, wouldn't fan, they? Boston fans don't care. They, just, they wouldn't have cared if they just kept him. Yeah. It was all the other – it was the, all the rest of the United States that they had to fire him for that. The Boston yeah. fans are more pissed off about bets than anything. I talked to somebody that was a Boston fan and I brought up bets and he like, he's like, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Like you're so, he's so mad that bets isn't a, in a, isn't a Red Sox anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that deal myself. So. Yeah. How crazy it was and how close it was for him never to play a game for the Dodgers though. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, and that now he's there for 12 years. Those catches that he and Belly were making in the playoffs were just like unbelievable that they were robbing home runs like it's easy. You know, <laughs> it was just crazy. I got a trivia question for you guys. Who's the only player in the MLB to throw more than one perfect game? Oh, Johnny Vandermeer, back to back, didn't he? Nope. No? Perfect, thought, perfect game. I thought he, maybe he threw back to back no hitters. This is a total dad joke, too, by the way. 
Mookie Betts. He's got three perfect games in bowling. <laughs> Somebody oh, told me bad. that. I was like, yeah, see, That's see. a bad oh joke. Gosh, <laughs> yes. Wow, wow. A bad Take dad that. joke. Take that. Hey, That's what bad. are the chances <laughs> that Jock Peterson is a Dodger next year? Because I think they're Zero. probably less than 15%. Yeah, Zero. I think. He yeah. had a pretty good postseason, too. Yeah, he's a postseason guy. He's like Kike. He shows up when he needs to. But, you know, this year I just read a couple weeks ago, in arbitration he wanted like nine and a quarter, and the Dodgers ended up giving him just under eight. So if that's our arbitration last year, this guy hit 30 home runs a couple times. You know what you're getting with Jock. Um, For whatever reason, I think he's more of an American League guy because they did say that there's no DH next year uh, in the National League. I did read that a week or so ago. I don't think he's coming back to the Dodgers. I think he'll end up in the American League somewhere. What do you guys think? I, I, I know one. I, I know one thing. He's set up because he gets every single iPad and iPhone that comes out. Because his wife, his wife's dad's like second in command at Apple, so he's set up. Whatever his contract. Speaking of, you goes. just gave yourself a hint. Okay, <laughs> do you know where he's from? And there's already rumors of him speaking to. I don't know. Is he from up north somewhere? The arch rival, the Giants. Their, oh, really? their names popped up early and often, especially with the Dodgers' old assistant GM's ID up there. I wouldn't surprise me at all. I think also as a GM, aren't you going to want to bring some of that championship blood and experience into, because the Giants totally tore it down and are rebuilding it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I don't, I think the fact that he wasn't, he was on the block like Ross was in yeah. spring training that, you know, his days, his days are, are limited. Uh, I tweeted at Ross during the series and he tweeted me back, man. He goes, yeah, just win a ring, man. <laughs> All these oh, yeah. That was like that was like when I was with uh, the Yankees for half the year and I went to Oakland. I was the biggest like Yankee fan you could ever imagine. I was in, <laughs> Did I was you get in a front... check in the mailbox that year, though? I did. Well, sure, did. I you? did. Yeah. I, sh- I sure did. I got half a year. It was great. <laughs> um, that was a like that was a big joke. Every every playoff share check came like right before Christmas. That was a good <laughs> Christmas. Oh, it was a great Christmas, but so, yeah. Do you guys remember in 1998, Matt's rookie year with the Dodgers, the one year he was pretty much up the whole year, the Dodgers released him, and then the Indians claimed him. He was in, in Cleveland for 12 days, had two bats, and then the, the Cleveland, somebody got healthy. They released him, and the Dodgers called and said, we want him back. Well, Matt got a Christmas share from the Indians that year. <laughs> he, he couldn't even figure out what it was for. I'm all, do you sure you want to call and ask what this is for? <laughs> Just cash it and move on. Day share, man. Dude, 12, day, 12 days of a, of a lot of money is, is a nice little yeah, nice so. little check. That'll buy you a car or something. I remember that, <laughs> it's, it's good, yeah. usually. That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, good, guys. Let's, uh, let's make this more of a uh, more common thing in the offseason. I had... Two listeners tweet at me in the last three days, like, dude, come on, believe.com, dugout dudes, we need a show. Come on. Well, I, I tell you what, this is what was going on. We had text back and forth, and we have a we have a thread be- between the brothers, uh, your brother Matt, and, and we, you know, we go back and forth. But I almost I think the last couple of years we were doing shows constantly throughout the playoffs, almost like every night. I almost yeah. didn't want to jinx anything. I'm like, things are going good. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just get through the playoffs in the World Series, and then we'll do like a recap, and then we can kind of roll into it. For those of you doubters, too, um, if you don't follow me on Facebook, that's okay. It's not that exciting. But when we were down three to one uh, against Atlanta, and by the way, Atlanta is a fabulous team. They they were really good. I mean, their their Freeman was was like a Rosarino. Every time he came up, I was scared to death. But um, 
I posted on there that I still believe. And guess what? Guess you know how many times the Dodgers won three games in a row this year? I mean, it was more normal than not normal. You always believe, though. They could have got eliminated yeah. and be like, you know what? You're right. If they let them come back, they'll win five Never in a know. Row. Atlanta oh, could get COVID the whole team, and they might have to bring the Dodgers back. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a chance. So you're saying I got a chance. So. That's true. Man, I am so happy, guys. Thanks for making some time, Scott, for coming on and giving us your two cents. You always have a great contribution. Brett, uh, hey, man, you played for another team that's got another world championship. Uh, so, man, just... Um, I get nothing out of it, though. No, I wish I, you know, you I wish I got something out of it. Gratification. You get two <laughs> listeners tweeting, when are you guys going to do a show? And <laughs> Right. You know that. So Hey, Josh, I'm just glad the Dodgers won because it made up <sighs> for your fantasy season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Literally good. Scott, that's why Scott came on. He passed me in the last hour, like the last at bat of you won this year again. No, I came in second, but I came ahead of Josh. I don't know if Hunt won, but he did. Literally. God. It was the it was the last at bat of <laughs> the whole season. The last anything. season. <laughs> so out of how many years, Scott, that you've you guys have done this fantasy? For I don't know, twenty some years. Yeah. How many times have you not won? Oh, I didn't. When Bill was my partner, it was pretty sad. Like I didn't win that often. But once I got rid of Bill, dude, I've been rolling. <laughs> Bill just caused significant delays in getting back. No, it's right. Like, we got one guy both. I just hated hearing you guys bitch at me when I was playing. Well, no, somebody you, had oh, wait, me. By the way, you're, I stopped Brett drafting. won the league this year. You, Brett, you're listed on Hunt's. Oh team. yeah, yeah. I was a co. I was a co-owner. I'm listed right. as a co-owner. I'm gonna yeah. call Hunt. And be like, where's my half, dude? Let's you'll go. never see. You'll never see that. <laughs> That's dude, funny. I stopped. I stopped drafting Brett in, in uh, fantasy when I had like four years in a row. I had a player die in the season. Yeah. On my team, I'm, I'm not <laughs> drafting. I'm not drafting him ever. Yeah, that's brotherly love, right there. Man. I was a decent fantasy player. I, I, I horrible first halves. I was a I have horrible a story first. About this. Horrible story. first. Horrible first half pitcher, um, historically. But the second half, I was about as good as like any fantasy pitcher you could have. I have a story about this. I'm doing the high stakes with my buddy of mine. Guy comes up to me, goes, "Hey, your brother cost me a hundred thousand dollars one year." I'm all sorry about that. He's all, "No, not that he did bad." He's all, "I tried to pick him up in the league and I didn't get him, and the other guy got him, and he went off for the Giants, and it was one of his September's. He just dealt, and he's all, and he ended up leading the guy to the title. It cost me a hundred grand. I'm all, at least he didn't suck it for you in the last month. I'm all, I thought he was gonna. Do you know how many times face. I heard that at a baseball stadium as I'm like batting practice, like, "Hey, Tomko, you're killing my fantasy team." Dude, I remember I told like, you one time against the Royals, I'm all, hey, if you're going to give up a home run, give it up to Desi Relaford. And the first at bat, Desi <laughs> Relaford turns and burns on him and takes him out the right field. He, did. He, told, he called me before the game. He said, listen, hey, if you're going to give up a home run to anybody today, give it up to Relaford. He's on my team. And sure enough, the very first batter of the game hits the bottom off. It's Relaford. Well, the couple of years Matt was playing in the bigs, if I went into the locker room or something, like I remember I had Eric Young on my team and he's, oh, nice to meet you. So what do you do? I said, well, just before I forget, you're on my fantasy team. And so every time you get to first base, I need you to steal second. And he goes, why? I'm like, Cause he didn't know anything about fantasy. I, you know And I'm like? Well, because th that's one of the categories. He goes, okay, I'm all, when you get there, just give me a sign. That's just between you and me that you did it just for me too. And after you give me the sign, I need you to steal third on the next pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, listeners, this is the thing. If you're going to talk to a baseball player about fantasy, only bring up the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the players like to hear that stuff. Like, Oh, you're carrying my team. And then you get like a fist bump or a, a high five or something or an air <laughs> high five. Now, but when you just say bad stuff, 
We don't want to hear it. Yeah. We, remember Johnny che- Damon? Out. I remember Johnny Damon came up to me the one time at the Garth Brooks thing and told me to stick with him next year because he had a bad <laughs> season. <laughs> he said, "I know you. I had, your Brett told me you had me on my fantasy team. He's all stick with me next season. It's going to be better." Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, hey guys, we are the dugout dudes. Uh, the Dodgers uh, made it to the mountaintop after 32 years. Hopefully, the sign of some uh, good. Uh, a good run to come here in the next couple of years, but thanks for following us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with a couple more shows before they start the season. Um, 150 days, Josh, to keep relishing this till spring training. You know what's crazy? That's, my, I saw my, it on I saw it on Instagram today. Yeah, my days. son goes to Grand Canyon University now, which is like literally a mile from Camelback Ranch, the Dodgers spring training. We're out there this weekend. My wife goes, "We're going to come spring training." Well, there's not going to be people at spring training this year. I, it's it's sad, well, but no, we get ready for COVID take two, man. The funny thing is talking to our, our friend that we golf with, he's a, the clubhouse manager for the uh, Padres and we were asking him and he thinks that they will have some type of spring training with limited, like That'd limited fans. Um, I love going to Camelback, man. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, if they can do it for the, cause Arizona is one of the open States where people are doing what I mean, every single travel baseball team in San Diego, they go to Yuma every weekend. So <laughs> I would imagine, I would imagine they'll, it, no, seriously, every single, it'll be like, there'll be, 10 te- or 12 teams in the tournament, 11 of them will be San Diego teams. Well, and I get the bars in Yuma are like, man, we've sold a lot more beer the last couple of weeks. Right? <laughs> so I think spring train, I think spring training will have some type of limited capacity for That'd games. Be great. As long as, you know, the, the pandemic doesn't get out of control, which I hope it doesn't. Me too. All right, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks with another show. All right. See you guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.